two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Cobb, Oregon, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Wow, welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the sweet and amazing fibrosity of truth and the shellfish allergen of cropped lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In Studio Audience. Deborah, did you hear that sound? No, hear what? There it is again. I'm sorry, Lisa, I don't hear anything. Hmm, okay, how about now? Still no. I think I know what the problem is. What is it? I was only thinking about a sound. (laughs) But now I'm going to play a sound for you, and then I'm sure you'll hear it. Uh, that would explain it. Okay, well, what are you playing for me? It's a listener question! Please hold for sound. Hi, I'm Penelope. My question is, what is your favorite dinosaur? And are you scared of the dark? I love your show so much, and I think you're the best part of it. First of all, thank you for your kind and extremely accurate words about being the best part of the show. As far as dinosaurs go, I uh, it's hard because uh, I haven't met a lot, but I'm partial to the Androidosaurus. I don't think that's an actual dinosaur. No. And regarding the dark. You're very afraid of the dark. I wouldn't say afraid, Deborah. I don't fear the dark or or anything for that matter. But I will take umbrage. Look at this. I'm taking the umbrage (laughs) with the designers of my vision program, which prevents me from identifying objects clearly without the proper amount of light, Mm -hmm. which then requires me to proceed with the utmost caution in case there are monsters under my bed, (laughs) for example. Okay, and you wouldn't describe that caution in case there are monsters under your bed as fear? Scoff! (laughs) Certainly not. And if I were to turn off the light right now? Oh, I I know what you're doing, Deborah. You're you're, you're testing me to see if I'm afraid. But just because it's pitch black and I can't even see my hand in front of my face doesn't mean that I'm afraid. Great! Then you won't mind if I just pop out for a second to throw my laundry into the dryer. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, Take your time. I'm fine, uh, alone, in the dark, where I can't see anything, and I have no idea if there's anything creeping up behind me, like a hungry androidosaurus looking for lunch. No, I'm absolutely 100% not afraid of the... Debra! Debra, what's taking so long? Hurry up! Debra! Here I am! Here I am! I'll just turn on the light for you. You can come out from under the table now. I was just checking to see if I dropped my wallet. No, not here. Must have left it in my other pants pocket. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, well, so now that my clothes are in the dryer and we've established that you are definitely not afraid of the dark, let's get to our game. Can you kindly remind our listeners how our game works? Yeah, I 
I think I do need to change my pants, though. (laughs) Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert, the other is a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. What are we lying about today? Deborah, never leave me again. (laughs) I will not. We are lying about corn, a grass plant grown for its starchy green. And we're going to learn all about corn along with our contestant today. Who might that be, Lisa? Our human child contestant is a nine-year-old who can draw with both hands. Oscar Bloomstrand. Wow. Hi, Oscar. Hi. How are you? Good. Glad to hear it. You can draw with both hands. Did somebody show you how to do that, or did you teach yourself how to draw with both hands? I taught myself. Wow. Very cool. And what do you like to draw? Video game characters. Ooh, like? Give me an example of a video game character you like to draw. Steve. Who's Steve? A character from Minecraft. Oh, Steve from Minecraft. And do you draw Steve both with your right hand and your left? Not really. Oh, I see. So certain characters you only draw with one hand. Yeah. But that's a pretty good talent to have, I should say. Do you also write words and letters with both hands? Sometimes. Wow, that's just fun to do. Do you like writing or drawing with one hand more than the other? Not really. And you just use two of your hands for that? I think he only has two. Oh, I forgot, Oscar. You're a human. Oh, my gosh. It's so weird. You guys only have two hands. It's all we need. What? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you seem to do okay with them. But Thank you. I'm just saying, if you had six hands, you could draw all six of the Tetris characters at once. Ooh, good point. But I think we're good for now. Thank you very much. And, Oscar, we want to learn some more fun facts about you, but we're going to do it Big Fib style, playing our game two truths and a lie. You, Oscar, are going to tell us two truths and one lie, but we won't know which is which, and we'll have to use our mind, and we'll have to use our heart, our gut, to try to figure out which one is the lie. Oscar, in no particular order, tell us your two truths and one lie. My favorite animal is a chameleon. Ooh. I once swam across an entire lake. Mm. I can ride a unicycle. Oh, wow. I don't know many people who can ride a unicycle, but swimming across a lake sounds challenging. And then the chameleon, that could be a trick. What do you think, Lisa? So, this one's pretty easy. Oscar draws with two hands. Mm -hmm. Unicycle has one wheel. Correct. Where's the other wheel? There is no other wheel, just the one. No, the other wheel is in his hand. Oh. (laughs) So, he's riding around town. One hand has a wheel in it. The other wheel's on the ground. Uh Uh-huh. So I think the lie is the chameleon. Okay. You see what I'm saying, Deborah? I think so. I understand yeah. your words, but... It's pretty straightforward. I think I'm just going to ask Oscar, which one of those things is actually a lie? I can't ride a unicycle. <gasps> Told you. He can't ride a unicycle. That is a lie. Oh, my gosh. But that does mean that you once swam across an entire lake? How long did it take you to do that? Like... Half an hour. Wow, that must have been a big lake. Did you do it just for fun, or was there something on the other side that you needed to get? I just did it for fun. Wow. Okay, well, I think we're all warmed up. Oscar's done a great job, but now we're going to get onto our game and talk about corn. Do you like corn, Oscar? Sort of. Just sort of? Just sort of, yeah. Sometimes? Okay. Well, maybe you'll like it more when you learn all about it. Let's find out and welcome our experts. Lisa, can we get some music for our corn experts? That's not a goose. That's not a duck. Bring in some corn. 
and then we shall shuck. Mm. Oh, corn, 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 corn goes well with salami. <laughs> okay, our first expert is Jan Jones. Jan, please introduce yourself to Oscar. Hi, Oscar. My name is Jan. I am a farmer and I live in Georgia. Very nice. Thank you very much. Okay, let's meet our second expert, Richard Wilkie. Richard, please introduce yourself to Oscar. Hi, Oscar. My name is Richard Wilkie. I am what's called a nutritionologist at Drexel University, and I wrote a book called From Food to Fuel, A Comprehensive History of Corn. Thank you very much. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot. Is that a pop song you're playing, Lisa? <sighs> Deborah, it's a song that transcends all genres. Oh. It's hot seat time. <laughs> yes, that is correct. It's hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Oscar's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Jan Jones, because she is halfway to having three J's in her name. Halfway? I think two-thirds, maybe. Well, let's not get involved in fractions, Deborah. (laughs) Let's just say she's got a lot of J's, and she's almost going to break the J record. I see. I didn't know there was one to break, but we'll go with that anyway. Oscar, what is your first question for Jan? What do you like most about your job? I really like working outside every day. And I also get to work with my dog all day long. She rides in the tractors with me. And she loves running around the farm and chasing cows and all that kind of stuff. But I really like um, having a very important job and growing food to feed, you know, the whole world and making people happy and healthy. I love it. Very good. Richard, can you answer that question too? Well, I'm a history buff, and so when I study the research that's been going on with nutrition, and in particular corn, which I have a very serious interest in, I really love learning about all the new discoveries they're making about the history of corn, how it was domesticated over the generations, the different things that it's used for. You know, it's not just used for food, it's used for fuel and doing all these studies, and we're continuing to learn new things about corn by studying its DNA, actually, which is fascinating to me. Excellent. Thank you very much. Okay, Oscar? This question is for both of you. How many types of corn are there, and what is your favorite? So there are two basic types of corn. There is sweet corn, which is usually what you're going to find in the grocery store. That's what you eat on the cob. It's harvested whenever the corn is still really soft and immature. The kernels aren't going to be very hard. And then there's the kind of corn that I grow, which is filled corn or dimp, which is harvested whenever it's dried completely. And that's what's used for livestock feed, corn meal, and ethanol. Ooh, ethanol. What's that? It's a type of fuel. It's an alternative to gasoline. Thank you very much. Okay, Richard, over to you. All right. Well, actually, there are six main types of corn, but there are also lots of hybrids and variations that can go into the hundreds if you start counting those. My favorite kind is sweet corn, because if you've ever tasted it, you know why. Who does not like sweet corn? But I also really like jewel corn, which is mainly grown in South America. And I like russet corn, which has a very high starch content. It's delicious. Big starch fan, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Very good. Okay, Oscar, who should answer your next question? Jan, 
What is the scariest or funniest thing that has happened to you at your job? Let's see, the scariest thing. So, you know, corn grows out in a field and, you know, the fields, they can be really large. There are many, many acres. Our fields are usually around 50 to 100 acres in Georgia, but out in the Midwest, they can be hundreds and hundreds of acres. So lots of land. And whenever you're harvesting corn, you've got a lot of wildlife that can run out in all directions Mm -hmm. because this combine is going through the field. Things like snakes, especially. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he didn't get me or anything, but it's just kind of startling to see a slithery snake running away from the tractor. (laughs) Wow, that's scary. Okay, Oscar, back to you. Richard, what is the most exciting thing happening in the future of your industry? Well, that's interesting you would ask that because I was just reading something that I'm absolutely fascinated by. I mentioned earlier that they've been studying the DNA of corn, the centuries-old DNA, and finding out how it's been domesticated. And they're discovering that it has something in common with the DNA of both radishes and potatoes, and that it's possible that there is a common vegetable that all of these vegetables started from a different vegetable until it branched off and became these three different vegetables, which uh, I think is fascinating. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they discover. And beyond that, I'm just looking at data. The use of corn has been so consistent. It's only grown. We've never replaced it. In 2019, we produced 31 billion bushels of corn in the United States, which is amazing to me. And that's for animal feed, which accounts for over 50% of all corn produced, and ethanol is 27%. So it's only actually a small portion of corn that's used for eating. That's a lot of bushels. A lot of bushels. Where are we keeping all those bushels when they're not filled with corn? I don't know. There's a factory somewhere. Bushel factory. (laughs) Empty bushel factory. I'm going to get into bushels. There's a lot of money to be made, Deborah. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to be the bushel king of North America. (laughs) Good luck. Very good. Oscar, excellent questions. I hope you learned a thing or two about corn and maybe got a hint as to who might be the fibber. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust, Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. 
Cats are like really sneaky and you often don't know how they're feeling. And the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round, where our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Oscar will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, answer thoughtfully and quickly. You don't want this round to make a cornmeal out of you. Oscar, let's start with Jan. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions now. What is another term for field corn that refers to kernels at harvest time? Dent. Factor fib. Field corn is harvested when the corn has dried up and hardened. Fact. How much moisture does corn need to have at storage time? 15%. In the song, Oh What a Beautiful Morning, in the musical Oklahoma, how high is the corn? It's as high as an elephant's eye. What do you call the leafy green part that covers the ear of corn? That's called the shuck. Called a blanket. <laughs> How many kernels does the average ear of corn have? Um, on average, about 800 kernels. Where does a continent where corn does not grow? Corn is not grown on Antarctica. Which part of the corn plant contains pollen? The very top of the corn plant is where the pollen is produced, and then it's gathered on the top of the ear. And that is time! That's all the time. Very good. Whew! All right. Lisa, could you please reset the timer for us? Uh, no problem there, love. Thank you so much. Okay, Oscar, you are going to ask Richard your shorts on fire questions now. Name two types of corn grown in the United States. Sweet corn and daikon white corn. Factor fib. Corn cobs always have an even number of rows. Fib. How much of the corn planted in the United States is sweet corn used for eating? 33%. Besides the yellow color, what are two other colors of corn? Brown and blue. What do you call the corn plant material that is left on a field after harvest? That's the pericarp. Factor fib. Corn is a fruit. <laughs> fib. Where was corn first grown? Mexico. Name two states in the corn belt where growing conditions are the best. Uh, Kansas and Idaho. What is the name of the sweet snack made with caramel-coated popcorn and peanuts? Winding. And that is time. That's all the time. <laughs> okay. All righty. Super job, everybody. It's 
decision time. Oscar must cobble together the facts and tell us who was just being corny. Oscar, who is our big corn fibber? I think Jan is because when I asked Richard where was corn first grown, he said Mexico, and I know that's true. I see. So you're calling on your knowledge of corn facts. Let's see if that's enough to win the day. Will our actual corn expert please say, I am the corn expert. I am the corn expert. Oh, dear. But that is correct. Jan Jones is a fifth-generation farmer from Climax, Georgia, and she grows corn, cotton, and peanuts and also raises beef cows. She loves working outside every day with her dad and her dog, Maggie. So sweet. Jan, does Maggie ever try to eat that corn? She does. There's very little that Maggie doesn't try to eat. <laughs> so yeah, I actually have a video of her eating sweet corn, so it's still on the cob. But yeah, she's <laughs> definitely chowing down on it. Awesome. That's great. It's nice to have some company too when you're out there in the field, I would imagine. All right, let's do some fact-checking. Jan, what did Richard say that really went against the grain? Well, one, most corn is stored in these big metal silos. If you get out to the country, especially places like Iowa, Georgia, you can see these big round metal silos, and that's where corn is stored over the wintertime. Also, an interesting fact, there are always an even number of rows oh. in a corn cob. It's kind of one of those random things that, wow. you know, don't really know why, but it's just something that happens. Very interesting. Any other lies that stood out to you, Jan? So the percentage of sweet corn that's grown in the United States is like 1%. It's really low. Most of the corn that's grown here is field corn, and it's because field corn has so many more uses Mm. uh, than sweet corn does. It has a much higher starch content, higher protein. Sweet corn is mostly water, which is why it's so yummy. (laughs) Uh, That makes sense. Very good. All right, so let's go over to Richard. Richard, how many other lies did you tell? Oh, well, there's no such thing as jewel corn or russet corn, I'm afraid. There is no common vegetable between potatoes and radishes and corn that can be traced through the DNA, but that would be neat if there were. Animal feed does not account for 50% of all corn produced. There's no Dacon white corn. There's no brown corn that I know of. There might be. The corn plant material left on the field is not the pericarp. Oh, right. Do you know what that is, Jan? We just call it debris. We kind of leave it there. We just turn the cows in and let them clean up any corn cobs that didn't get into the combine. So does the word stover or stover, stover, does that ring a bell or no? That might be what they call it out in the Midwest. It might be a regional thing. I see. I'm not sure. But corn can be all different kinds of colors, uh-huh. especially, you know, fall festivals and, you know, fall decorations and stuff. You've probably seen the really brightly multicolored corn. That's still filled corn, but it's different varieties. Wow. That's cool. And then, Jan, is corn a fruit No, it's a vegetable. No, okay. Or I mean, it's a grain, so... Mm, So it's a grain, gotcha. Okay, and there's states that are in the corn belt. Is Idaho one of them? I'm sure they probably do grow corn in Idaho. I know usually it's more in the Midwest where most of your corn is grown. Iowa, Ohio, Kansas. Very good. And finally, the name of the sweet snack made with caramel-coated popcorn and peanuts is actually called Cracker Jack. Well, no shucks. We've reached the end of the show. 
Thanks to our contestant, Oscar, who looked for all the kernels of truth. Thank you to our expert and liar, Jan and Richard. And thanks to Lisa, who really has an ear for sound effects. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where we stalk the truth because lies are our starch enemy. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, why don't you visit gzmshows.com? While you're there, you can find out how you, yes, you, can become a contestant on The Big Fib or send questions for me to answer on the show. Also, follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. And remember, call me the Bushel King of North America. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bow down before the Bushel King. Oh, my. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called the Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.